0: Welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Master is here and you still have not taken off your shoes. Every day to define man's mission yeah. Look into the sky for divine transmission yeah. Deaf man's vision makes the blind man listen yeah. Eyes on the prize, this is blind ambition Yo, what's going on world? Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast I am your host Serio Sensei We are on episode number 68 Is it 68? Yeah, we are on episode number 68 um It is January 26th 2018. What's going on, man? Hope you guys have been been doing all right. New Year's is, you know, in full effect. We're about a, a full month in already. This month is actually kind of flown by, to be honest. Um, but that's all good because that means we're one month closer to Black Panther, and every day closer to Black Panther is a good day. <laughs> um, so, yeah, man, I, I wanted to come in today. Um, actually, you know what? Before that. Let me get off my plugs real quick. As always, this podcast can be listened to on YouTube, SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes. If you're on iTunes, please rate and subscribe on iTunes. Um, We also have the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page, which you can find if you just go to Facebook and type in Dojo Talk Podcast. And also, if you have any questions, concerns, angry emails you want to send, you can send us a message at dojotalkpodcast um, at yahoo.com. Or if you want to follow me on Twitter, uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at Serio Sensei. And on that note, real quick, uh, shout out to Mario. I'm um, not going to put his full government name out there, but uh, I saw that you rated the Facebook page. Appreciate that, my man. I also saw he, he tagged a few people in the last uh, podcast we did uh, covering UFC 220 and Bellator 192. Uh, so always appreciate, you know, trying to bring new listeners in. And I have noticed, you know, the numbers have been... They've been going up, you know. We, we, we're we not famous yet, but we, we're we getting there. <laughs> you know, n- numbers are, are steadily improving. So, you know, appreciate any new listeners, old listeners, you know, everybody who's been supporting so far. Um, we been having a lot of fun. We've been putting out a lot of episodes lately because the MMA world always gives us stuff to talk about. You know, we got bellator by the time you guys hear this. It'll be a Bellator card will have passed... And a UFC card will have passed, so you know, con- content always coming, always coming. So we try to keep you guys entertained every week, a few episodes a week, and somehow <laughs> we managed to keep this street going. Um, but today, man, um, haven't talked about music all year except for when I did my 2017 favorite albums. Um, i mean partially i haven't talked about music because you know year just started uh kind of slow on releases to be honest I, this year so far i've only listened to two new albums that came out this year um sylvan Lequeux's, um apologies uh, in advance and uh sir's album november um, i'm still not sure if i'm gonna review those yet but um uh, I did. I did give them listens. Probably haven't listened to them enough to review them. So that that may happen, may not. I'm not sure. Um, I thought both albums were solid, but I, I do need to sit with both of them a few more because I haven't um, haven't given them like a, a multiple listens. Like I haven't given them enough listens to where I feel comfortable talking about them. So that, those reviews may come down later or they might not um, but I did uh, just order uh, Evidence's new album whether or not um, actually the full album stream uh, by the time you hear this well, the album will already be out by the time you guys hear this recording and the full album stream is already up on YouTube so um, if you guys are a fan of Evidence, Dilated Peoples Step Brothers with him and um, Alchemist you know definitely give that album a listen um, I, I didn't listen to the whole stream because I didn't want to spoil the album for myself too much but i think i got a good like solid three to four tracks in and it sounded really dope so i just cut the stream off i ordered it today and you know i'll I'll be waiting in the mail to get that also shout out to the homie novelist um i ordered uh Konjutsu under the moonlight like a long time ago the actual uh, physical cd and i finally got it in the mail today appreciate that really dope artwork um dope album and um, that made my my top 20 of 2017 so If you guys haven't heard that album, you know, with some nerdcore, with some bars, with some, you know, a little bit of introspectiveness mixed in. Definitely, definitely give that a listen. And um, yeah, there there are a couple of more albums on 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 my radar right now. Um, I I won't give any of them away though. Try to try to keep my reviews somewhat a surprise, other than Evidence, which I mentioned earlier. But um, music reviews will be coming. Um, It might take a little bit because I got to sit down with some of these albums, but there are a few on my radar, um, that I I definitely am looking forward to talking to, so, when I'm ready to talk about them, we'll, uh, we'll we'll get those on the podcast and start talking about some music again, man, I haven't, you know, I always feel bad when I neglect my music episodes, (laughs) like, we talk about fights so much because they happen so frequent, and then I, I look at the episode list, I'm like, man, I haven't talked about an album in, like, three or four episodes, I should probably start talking about some music, but, um, so today, man, we're we're gonna talk about some music, but not not in the typical fashion. We're not doing an album review or a song review. Um, we're gonna take a a trip down memory lane, and I just wanted to talk about kind of a looking back on it. It was kind of like a special, like life moment. Um, I want to give an old an an episode kind of dedicated to uh, the Texas underground hip hop scene and kind of just want to go into detail of how i came about it um how it kind of influenced me and kind of just how like i that that whole era you know when the south was kind of taken over probably like the early to the mid 2000s when you know especially and i'm saying this in regards specifically to texas um when dudes like slim thug came out mike jones paul wall chameleon air and you know little flip and all those guys like i it it was just weird watching them blow up because i remember listening to all of these dudes like before they were really famous and i didn't know that and I, i don't think a lot of people really know that texas had a really huge underground scene like way before you know they got mainstream and they were you know getting on bt and finally getting like national recognition and it was just kind of cool that i i got a chance to kind of almost in an up close and personal way like i got a chance to just see a lot of those guys grow and i just have a lot of a lot of fond memories of that era and yeah man i just wa- i just want to give a i just want to give a old man I, I think i mentioned this before that i wanted to do an episode like this and recently i was just i was listening to to uh, I was just I was just revisiting songs from that era, and it just kind of took me back. And I just I was like, I, I gotta do an episode about this, man. I, I kind of just want to talk about it, reminisce on that time, and you know, it also be a bit of a personal story because me stumbling—I <laughs> don't even know if stumbling is the right word—but me becoming a fan of the Texas Underground kind of ties into like really ties into my family like had my family story not gone the way it gone I might not have really came across this or at least I would not have known about this scene as early as I did so um yeah man so this will be a good episode I'm just gonna talk about my history and how we got to this you know how I got to the the Texas Underground how I became aware of it so I guess man I I just got to start back pretty much not all the way from the beginning, but, um, so around, I'm want to say around early 2000s, um, my parents had gotten divorced, so, um, at the time I was, uh, living in Baltimore, I was a military kid, so I, I moved around a lot, um, quick, quick, really lesson, uh, background on me, if you will, um, I was born in Austin, Texas, um, I moved to Florida, I lived in Tampa, Florida for a little bit, and then I lived in Hampton, Virginia for about a year or two, and then that was around the time when my parents had separated, and so we moved to Baltimore, Maryland uh, with my grandmother, and I spent most of, you know, I spent a lot of my childhood, like over half of my life pretty much I spent in, in East Baltimore, and during the summers... Um, I would go see my dad. Now, around this time, my dad was... Uh, he did not live in Maryland. He was living in Texas. So, I would spend my school years, you know, in East Baltimore. And spend my summers over in Texas. And then, eventually, you know, uh, my dad... I can't remember if they were married at the time. Or if they were just dating. I'm not sure. I want to say they were married. But, <laughs> eventually... The woman who would later become my stepmom, you know, one summer I went down there and, you know, I met her and also met um the man who would later on become my stepbrother. So at the time I was around we're gonna say probably between like eleven, twelve years old. And uh my stepbrother at the time I wanna say he was around like sixteen. Um so me and him, you know, started hanging out more, and at at this time, you know, I was I was into music. I was listening to hip hop. I don't think I was buying albums yet. Well, I might, I might, I can't remember if I was buying albums yet. I, I don't think I was, but um, you know, I, I was, you know, I, I knew about hip hop. I listened to hip hop, but I wasn't fully immersed in it. Uh, you would say as I was now. Though so I did have a pretty. Pretty Like musically diverse background, but that's that's another story. But anywho, more little stories I, I was a, a hip hop fan. Um, but you know, start, I start, I meet him, I meet my stepbrother, and um, you know, hanging around him. And of course, obviously, you know, we're, we're both young at the time, and you know, one of the first things you start to notice is you know, he, he drove also around 16, he you know, he had a car, he had his license, and all that good stuff so i would you know hang out with him and i start realizing like the music we listen to is a lot different now just keep this in mind like i said i was born in texas and i actually do rep (laughs) a lot of texas things i'm actually the only person in my family at least like in my immediate family that was not born in maryland like all of my family pretty much was born and raised in baltimore um i, I was born in texas and so even naturally as a kid like i just kind of embraced it i was like oh i'm not born in the same place as everybody else so i just tend to cling to things that were from texas hence i root for the cowboys also a colts fan that's another story but <laughs> you know i root for the cowboys and the nba the spurs in my squad Um, college football i root for uh, texas longhorns and the tcu horn frogs um so yeah like i i I tend to root for a lot of texas teams but in terms of like music other than maybe like scarface and (laughs) ugk like i wasn't honestly too familiar with the own you know with my own you know Seen from my home state in terms of music, like outside of just those major artists, like yeah, Scarface, UDK, Ghetto Boys. Other than that, like I didn't really know that many other people until I start, you know, hanging around my stepbrother, and I just remember, like, riding in the car with him, and I'm listening to this music, and I'm like, what is this? Tempo is a little, little slower, and all the words are kind of chopped up. And these punch lines are kinda it, it was just different. Hence I would later find out I was listening to Chop and Screwed music, which I had no idea about. <laughs> For people who don't know, if you're not familiar, you know, Chop and screwed music, rest in peace, DJ Screw, who was the founder of that, but you know, you take the song, you slow the tempo down, and you you chop the words up, you know, hence why it's called Chop and Screwed. And that was just a thing in Texas like that was a huge thing and and it wasn't just like for people who don't know like if you didn't if you're not familiar with Chopped and Screw, like people didn't just chop and screw just like hip-hop records everything like <laughs> R&B got Chopped and Screwed uh OG Ron C has a very famous uh series which is all R&B uh Chopped and Screwed songs and uh side note, chopped and screwed RB is the truth. Um if you if you don't listen to Chopped and Screwed, I would suggest find your favorite RB song, see if there's a chopped and screwed version of it. I'm pretty sure OG Ron C probably has a chopped and screwed version of whatever your favorite RB song is. If not, somebody else on YouTube is, they're probably not better than OG Ron C, but <laughs> so somebody in the in the in the universe probably chopped and screwed it. Chopped and screwed R and B is so dope. But like I said man I'm listening to this music I'm like bro this is I don't know what this is and to be honest like at first I didn't really know how to take it like I didn't it didn't stick with me at first and so the following year this was my junior high year um uh and like I said I used to visit my dad in the summers and then when I went to eighth grade I actually stayed with him for a year so at this point um my stepmom and my dad were living together so i live with my stepdad my stepmom and my stepbrother so you know obviously since i'm living with them i'm there for a whole year for the for school year and i was in junior high my stepbrother's in high school and you know obviously i'm living with him so me and him are gonna hang out a lot more and you know so he was basically like my big bro and i, I honestly like kind of don't even really look like i know we're technically like a stepbrothers but He's basically like family Like I know I can go down there And I'm good you know we, we still chop it up Every now and again um, But yeah man he, I started hanging around him more And now I'm getting really thrown Into this this underground Scene that I just did not know Existed and One of the dopest things that just A lot of people didn't know And this, this is you know So I, I was my school year in 8th grade Was 2002 to 2003 and I mean the internet was around at that time But it wasn't like As it's, it's prominent as it is now And One of the things I learned Quickly is like The Texas artists were so Ahead of their time in terms of like Being independent Because early 2002, 2003 I mean this is still the era Where everybody's still glamorizing Record deals where it's like if you're not signed to a major label then it's like what are you even doing like (laughs) what do you what do you mean you you can't be popping if you're not signed to a major but these dudes were out here hustling man like a lot of these artists your your chameleonaires your your paul walls your mike jones these dudes were selling hundreds of of thousands of independent albums and getting all of the (laughs) residuals because they didn't have to pay a middleman i mean they might be signed to like their little indie label but it's not like you're signed to like a universal where you gotta pay this person and that person and you only get like a penny from your cd like no these dudes were making bank and you gotta think man texas is a pretty big state so like in texas alone a lot of these artists were making they were making enough money to like sustain a living and and you could do that like just being in texas like it was crazy freestyles were a big thing so um and i guess i I gotta start giving history to to some of these artists um and i I gotta start with chameleon man because to be honest at one point and (laughs) to be honest even still man like cam is probably like one of my favorite rappers of all time and i know people are gonna hear that and laugh and judge like oh the rotten dirty dude Was your you know that's one of your favorite rappers Like yeah man Because people don't know Like the work that Cam put in Before Rod and Dirty came out Like I don't think people know like the cult (laughs) The cult like following That this man had Before he ever signed to Universal And put out Sound of Revenge Like this dude was huge in Texas And not even just Texas really Like that whole A a lot of the, the Southern artists would kind of infiltrate, you know. Of course, you're gonna be heard in Texas. They also also infiltrate other states, you know, like Arkansas, Alabama. Um, a lot of you know some uh, some of the acts in Texas signed up rap a lot, which also happened to house um, a few West Coast artists. So some of them kind of bleed into California, but you know they might not be major, but they're still they were still making bank, and you know, hanging around my stepbrother like i said at first i didn't really like chopped and screwed music but even with that being said man listening to like a lot of the old uh, Swisha house mixtapes man cam was one of the first dudes i heard where like i didn't care if it was chopped or screwed or if it was just regular i was like yo, this guy this guy has it like <laughs> he was one of those dudes that like anytime he had a verse i had to listen to it this this dude was he was a savage, <laughs> he was a savage on the mic, man. And I mean, a, a lot of what he did, it it was kind of like that punchline, like baller rap. But the dude, he was such a beast, man. Cam Cam was such a beast, uh, back in those times. And yeah, man, like I just I remember riding around with my brother, listening to uh, my stepbrother, listening to like he would have one like a lot of the Switch House mixtapes. Um, Color Changing Click. For people who don't know that was one of Cam's groups um, before he blew up. So uh, Color Changing Click was Chameleon, there. Um, his brother Razak, um, Young Roe, Fifty Fifty Twin. Uh, I think Lou Hawk was also uh, Lou Hawk was a part of that group also. Um, but those dudes were were nasty man. Especially um, Cam Cam and Fifty Fifty were probably my favorites. Um, that group since then doesn't really exist anymore. Oh, and also I forgot Paul Wall <laughs> was in that group. But um, yeah, man, that, that group has since pretty much, you know, fell out like they're not a collective anymore. But like back then, man, y'all, like I remember jamming those Color Changing Click mixtapes, man, the, the Homer Pimpson, <laughs> the Homer Pimpson Color Changing Click mixtape, which was literally I love the album cover that had like I, th- I think it was like a black Homer Simpson or something like <laughs> those 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 mixtapes, man, were so dope. And it was a lot of them just like freestyling over other people's beats. But man, Cam was, Cam was one of those dudes that when I heard him, I was like, "Oh, this this dude's got it." And he actually had, he had a real seminal album, man. Um, for people who don't know, one of, one of the albums in his discography, um, that, kind of put him on the map. And I think even when he was independent, um, he ended up in the Source magazine was uh, "Get Your Mind Correct," which was an album, but um collaboration album with him and paul wall and like i said for people who don't know like when that album came out it was a really big deal even though they were independent that album ended up getting them like a little bit of na- national recognition just because of how well it sold and that is an album to this day that i still go back and listen to man i I remember i did this was before obviously i was young back then so i couldn't buy cds but Um, I used to go out with uh, my dad on the weekends um, sometimes, and I remember somehow I came across that CD at the mall, and this was actually after I had left Texas, but um, when I had moved back to Baltimore the following year, and then my dad ended up, um, he ended up eventually moving to Baltimore, but I remember coming across that CD, and I didn't think (laughs) that I was ever going to come across it in Maryland. And I found it, and I got my pops to buy for me. And man, I, I jammed that album relentlessly, over and over and over. And yeah, man, that 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 album was just—it was that was a really big album for Texas. And yeah, man, that so Justin and I'll probably end up getting back to Camillionaire at some point in this podcast. But like Cam put in a lot of work, man, building his brand. And he also something else I want to give him credit for. I can't say he was the first to do it, but he was one of the first artists that I'd ever seen who, he was one of the first dudes i ever seen to really knew how to utilize the internet. Like he was doing this before it was, you know, before there was Twitter. My MySpace might have been around at the time, I can't even remember, but like he had chameleon.com popping. And he even used to say, like, and some of his raps were how like people would say, like, oh, you're a nerd. What are you doing on this website? and dude was literally he was literally making like a cult fan base with that website so he is like he's one of the pioneers of that whether people really know it or not like he was one of the first dudes to really utilize the internet to you know help build his brand help sell albums and all that stuff but hey man so cam was one of those dudes who uh first got on but even other than cam man like i remember listening to freestyle kings um Charlie Boy, um, dudes like kiki. um obviously, like I said, Chameleon there, Color Changing Click. Damn, um, man, just a lot of dudes, man. And I also kind of remember, like, there was a store, um, we used to live in San Angelo, Texas, real small town. And there was a store called Steve's Music where um, Step Brother used to go. That's where he would cop all the CDs from. So, you know, we would go up, go up to Steve's Music, he cop a CD jamming in the car <laughs> my, stepbrother, my stepbrother used to abuse his speakers knowing his speakers ain't built like that but bro the trunk used to rattle man and yeah man eventually like that chopped and screwed style like it started to grow on me and yeah man I, I really started to get into it Um, I wasn't as heavy as into it as my stepbrother was obviously cause he pretty much spent like his whole life in Texas so he, he knew a lot more artists and you know he just ended up putting me on game pretty much of all the people that I would start listening to. I don't even know if he knew. But sometimes when he would leave. Uh, like for work. Or if he was somewhere and I was home. I used to just steal his CDs and listen to him. <laughs> Whether or not he knows that. But um, yeah man. I, I remember listening. Like I said man. Listening to a lot of the old Swisher House mixtapes. Um, yeah like I said. Freestyle Kings. Charlie Boy. Dudes like that. Um, but then I found out man. It wasn't just Houston. That had an underground scene. Like I said, this was, this was like all of Texas, man. And I, I would say in in Houston, the the main people. um And for you guys, if you want to like go back, maybe if you're not familiar, if you want to go back and listen to, kind of like that era that I'm I'm referencing. Um, just a few artists and maybe albums to throw out there. Like I said, Paul Wall and uh Get your mind correct. Um. Any of the old Switcher house tapes (laughs) Freestyles Any of those I'm pretty sure those Are still on the internet Um, Boss Hog Outlaws Who I Don't think I mentioned them yet Uh, But that was Slim Thug's group So that was uh, Slim Thug uh, Killer Kyle Chris Ward Uh, God who else is in that group I cannot remember There were at least Like two other people I believe Who were in that group Um, Man man Those are a lot of Like the premier Artists And then also You had like uh, Mike Jones and Magno From back then um, a little flip, obviously. Um, God, what was Flip's album? Whatever album it was the way we ball on it. Um, that, that was another, and really Flip was one of the pretty much like the first dude. Well, not the first, but um, out of that crop of that era, he probably. I think he was the one who really blew up first, and then everybody kind of came after he did. If my memory is correct, I, I might be off um, in terms of that, but I'm pretty sure I think Flip was the first one. But you know Flip had his time And then everybody else Kind of came afterwards But As I was saying earlier man It wasn't just Houston That had this Crazy underground scene Going on It was Also like Dallas San Antonio And Austin Like And the Austin scene I wouldn't Really come to find out Until a little bit later But Like I said Houston kind of had like Houston had that Next generation Of dudes Who would eventually blow And then it also had the legends. So any, and if you look up Houston's history, um, you'll, you'll learn about like the beefs that were between like South Houston and North Houston. So like South Houston was like, oh God, who was South Houston? South Houston was, I think that's where DJ Screw was from. Um, Lil Kiki was South Houston. Um, I think Screwed Up Click was South Houston. And then North Houston was like that new crop. Uh, so North Houston was DJ, uh, DJ Michael Watts, um chameleon air switcher house all those dudes were north houston but like i said houston was primarily like the hub in terms of texas in terms of of hip-hop that's where all your legends and pretty much like that next generation would come from but you swing on over to dallas and you got uh groups like dsr you know tom tom fat bastard Big tuck and (laughs) quick shout outs to dsr man i was going through my cd collection the other day and once again, you know, I gotta thank my stepbrother for putting me onto this. Um, DSR was just a real, <laughs> real entertaining group of people to listen to. But um, what, what some of their standouts, man? The, 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 classic throwback freestyle where dudes are just literally freestyling about throwback jerseys. <laughs> um, uh, Tom Tom and Fat Bastard City. Um, I think it was called Respect It or Check It. Uh, the song on my screens which I actually put that CD in my car the other day. had to relive that moment. I remember my stepbrother used to play the mess out of that song. Um, It was literally just a song about them rapping about, like, their favorite lines from, like, their favorite movies. And (laughs) it was a really dope, just kind of creative song. And it's kind of, like, what I appreciated about this whole, like, underground scene in Texas. Like, they definitely... It's probably not for everybody. A lot of it you probably won't understand. Like, if you aren't from there or if you didn't live there a lot of the slang and even like the flows like it might not it might not really be it for you but for me you know I was I accepted it eventually because like you know this is kind of like my roots I was born here so I kind of just I wanted to be connected with what was going on in my home state even though like I said I was living in Baltimore but I was born in Texas and you know I wanted to rep so you know, that that made me a fan, but also, I was like, this is, it was just, it was different from everything else that I had heard to up to that point, because like I said, man, living in Baltimore, I mean, Baltimore definitely has this, you know, back then had its own scene, you know, if anybody's familiar with Baltimore club music, you know, that was kind of like the Baltimore local thing, local flavor, but other than that, like, I was mainly listening to stuff I saw on TV or heard on the radio, and then I go to texas and it's just completely different man so like i said you swing to dallas man you got dsr um you swing to san antonio you got third degree which was uh lil ken uh mark Gaboda, kyle lee that was actually another one of my favorite groups um eventually i'll get into the story when i started buying all these albums but um i remember listening to them um Loken was actually probably a favorite. And Lavola. Lavola <laughs> La was such just this high energy. Lavola, La like he raps like his name sounds like I a mean, dude just a, a ball of energy. Mad aggressive. But yeah, he had bars though, man. Like third third degree, San Antonio. Um, I still have um I got the Texas All Star C D. Um Have their album, which unfortunately didn't have Lil Kendall, and I think he was in jail when this came out. I think something had happened, but uh, the since day one album still got that. Actually, it's pretty good workout music, some of the songs on there, (laughs) but um, yeah, man. So San Antonio was holding it down. So, like I said, a lot of these areas, even outside of Houston, had their own thing going. Oh, also back to Dallas, real quick. Um, other artists worth a shout out are Mr. Pookie and Mr. Lucci, um, Crook for Life. Uh, I think that was Mr. Pookie That was the jam (laughs) That was definitely the jam So Yeah man Like this this whole scene was just It was just different man And So I spent this whole year man Like Kind of ingesting this music Getting familiar with the scene I'm now Like I said I'm becoming fans of Of these guys And then I was only down there for a year So After my 8th grade year Back to Baltimore start high school and i get back to texas i mean i get back to to maryland and i'm sitting around i'm like man like i know like i said meet me and the a, a lot of the the texas music i was on like i said it had to grow on me after a while and then when i got back to maryland i was like man i kind of missed that stuff like <laughs> like and you gotta think around this time like i said so i, I think i started Uh, Me being a freshman in high school. So this would have been 2003, 2004. I obviously didn't have a job. And I wasn't really buying things off of the internet. So once again, um, I mean, my my pops would buy me CDs sometimes. I would get him to buy me CDs when uh, we would hang out on weekends. But like I said, I'm kind of back at square one because now it's like I'm back to just what's on the radio. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of on the internet at this time doing my own digging but like i don't have access to this whole underground scene like it's it's getting hard to come by but i remember man i, I struck i struck gold one day i was like man i really miss this texas music and around this time let, let me let me fact check real quick because I, I might be off by a few years um i told y'all i was going to mention chameleonair again and i definitely am because um also another thing he was known for uh was mixtapes and for people who don't know just a little houston hip-hop history um Air mike jones had a beef like right before pretty much they all blew up and that beef started <laughs> on chameleonair's uh Mixtape which would become a series, which would become pretty much one of his most famous series, okay? Yeah, I'm right. This came out in 2004, so yeah, this would have been when I got back to Maryland. He had a mixtape called Mixtape Messiah, and I remember when I had heard this tape. Um, this joint man, and I, I kind of remember my memory's a little fuzzy. But I remember being on the internet and there were rumors circulating around that like yo Cam's about to drop this mixtape masai mixtape and there's a certain rapper he's gonna go at but he wouldn't say the name. And then I get this I found the mixtape masai CD and FYE (laughs) and I remember like listening to snippets of it on the internet, but I was like, man, I'm never gonna be able to get the CD because like this is Houston's underground, this stuff isn't in Maryland, I can't buy this over here, they don't even know about this, and I found this in FYE, and I got my dad to buy for me, and I was so hyped when I bought this album, and like, man, for people who don't know, the Mixtape Massage series, this is just Cam, just like, ripping Mike Jones apart for like, pretty much like an entire mixtape, man, and yeah, I I used to, that song, Roll Call, I used to listen to this mixtape religiously and this was a triple disc mixtape uh the first disc uh it was the first disc was a mixtape the second disc i think was like the chopping and screw of some of the songs and then the third disc was third disc kind of featured more of his group so like the color changing click was on some of the the uh, the third disc but yeah man that was that was another like just seminal Album and the mixtape massage series, he, he ended up dropping seven of those. But um, if you once again, if you want to know Cam's history, uh, the mixtape massage series is definitely something to to get into. That the, these are some of his best works, some of his best bars. I think he, he was a lot more raw um, in this than when Sound of Revenge came out. But um, yeah, man, I, I remember just getting a hold of this this album and. Eventually, when I moved back to Maryland, I I really just, I was missing that Texas sound. And I started to, you know, dive deep into the internet more, and I just started researching, man. I was like, I just want to listen to some Texas music. I want to find everybody, possibly who I can from Texas, and start getting some of their music. So, uh, one of the dudes, uh, some of the artists who I started listening to after that time, I started coming across um Devin the Dude. Um he was one of the names who when I would search Texas artists, Devin the Dude is a name that would just pop up over and over again. So, he was a dude who I became a fan of. Um people don't know man. I think I think I've mentioned Devin the Dude on this podcast maybe once or twice, but very very comedic. He he's actually a lot different than a lot of the other Texas rappers. He he doesn't take himself so seriously. Very comedic, you know, lots of bars about <laughs> him him smoking, getting with women, but he, he's just kind of like, he's not out here. He ain't trying to hurt nobody. He, he's just trying to have a good time. So, yeah, De- Devin, you know, I, I definitely became a Devin fan. Still am a Devin fan to this day. Um, I came across dudes like Zero, uh, Trade, Gorilla Mob. Uh, Zero is also another one of those dudes who um, has a really, like, extensive catalog. Doesn't feel like get get the, the recognition. Um probably that he deserves but he's definitely up there man like zero has put in a lot of work a lot of albums um he he, for for lack of better comparison he you know some would say he's like the the texas tupac but not to say like he's biting but they're kind of similar but kind of not similar like zero does a lot of harmonizing and singing he also does the fast flow um but yeah man like Zero was another dude Who I became a big fan of um, Albums like Zero vs. The World um, Debut album Look What You Did To Me um, Zero also has just a quick note If you want to see how he, He's also another dude who I don't to say has a cult fan base but he, he has something, like, I've almost never seen before. Um, his album, Let the Truth Be Told, was actually probably one of my favorite Zero albums. This didn't come out until, like, 2005, so the following year. But, um... Mostly the Dawn Freestyle, which is him uh, pretty much freestyling over, like, the Peyton Full beat um, from Eric B and Rakim. But... Bro, you, there, there's a video on YouTube. I'm pretty sure it's still on there. The video... That freestyle became so... Like famous And <laughs> blew up That there there's concert footage Of Zero literally performing that song And he's just holding the mic into the crowd And the crowd's rapping the whole song Like that's how iconic <laughs> That freestyle became And that's another thing That I appreciated about the Texas hip hop scene Was Yeah a lot of them maybe Well I can't say all of them Texas did have some lyricists um, I would say Millionaire, Killer Colleon, Magno, probably was some of the better lyricists in all of that whole state, especially around that era. But like a lot of those dudes back then, like a lot of people say they freestyle, but you could tell it's written. Like, no, these dudes were actually freestyling off the top of the dome. And yeah, some of the punchlines might have been kind of hit or miss, but like I, I just appreciated the fact that a lot of these dudes were like. They were freestyle tapes, and they were actually freestyle tapes. Like, dudes, it it sounded like they were just going off the top, and they were getting it to work. (laughs) But, yeah, man. Uh, Zero became uh, one of the guys who I became a fan with, like I said. uh, Devin the Dude. Um, Later on, uh, Trey. Uh, Dudes like K Reno. Um, K Reno also, man. Another dude worth mentioning. Kind of like the Texas Cannabis um, very, very, very lyrical rap. Um, not, not giving you any catchy hooks. He, he's like one of those dudes I would call rapper's rapper. Um, he's also got a long. Ex- that dude's put out like twenty albums or something crazy like that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, if you, if you, if you're a fan of a dude like Cannabis, I, I think you would enjoy K. Reno's music. Um, probably definitely one of the the legendary lyricists, uh, from Texas. Um, dude's been in the game for mad long, still putting out albums. But like I said, man, I just that year when I came back to Maryland, I just wanted a dose of Texas music, and I just started becoming fans and listening to everybody I could. I, I like I said, I would go back and listen to albums I didn't heard or freestyles I didn't listen to. Like I said, I, any chameleon air, any color changing click, dudes like fifty fifty twin, um, young row. All all those dudes from from that time, and I was going back on the internet trying to find their songs, listen to their music as much as I could. Um, And then eventually, fast forward, uh, when I turned 18, uh, I had graduated. um, Graduated in May. Uh, My birthday was in May. I graduated like three days after my birthday. And I got my first job at Hollywood Videos. (laughs) And um, I think like June that year. So I pretty much started working I think like three weeks um, After I graduated And I remember with my first check And boy Was I making terrible money I think I was making like 6 25 an hour Something crazy like that And boy my, my first check I was like alright I can start buying my own albums And buying stuff off Amazon Or just you know off the internet in general And I remember man Shoutouts to SoSouth.com uh, That was one of the websites that you could still buy a lot of those um like southern albums and especially like Texas mixtapes and stuff from so I remember man I spent almost my whole check <laughs> I went on com and I cleaned the house man I started like wrecking my brain trying to remember all the albums that my stepbrother had put me on to so I remember going back man I bought third degree um I think I bought like since day one I bought the Texas all star mixtape um I bought um, uh, Tom Tom and Fat Bastard, respected to check it. I bought like two color changing click mixtapes. I think I bought Homer Pimpson. Um, I have Homer Pimpson, Cleveland Bootlegger Special. Um, I might have had one more. I can't remember. I think I had one more. Uh, Paul Walsh, Chick Magnet. Um, like I said, um, I think I had already had Get Your Mind Correct at that time. But like I said, man, any other Texas mixtape. And I remember I ordered so many CDs. So South didn't even send me an envelope or like, or like a, they they literally just sent me a box, <laughs> a box of CDs when I ordered it. I spent like a hundred something, two hundred something dollars just on albums. And yeah, I remember yeah, I bought Gorilla Mob's album Rise. Um, yeah, man, I, I just bought a lot of, a lot of. Uh, I think Zero. I bought some Zero albums like uh, Life of Do- Joseph W McVeigh. Um, Actually, I think that was like the first. That was the first Zero album I'd ever bought, and that's still one of my favorite Zero projects to this day. But man, I, I bought. I just bought a lot of. any album I could think of from that time, I, w- I went back and bought. And yeah, man, I, that was kind of the really yeah. That was the start of me. That wasn't the start of me collecting CDs because, like I said, my pops used to buy me CDs, but that was really when I started really like consistently buying albums because now i was working and i had my own job so i could buy my own albums when i wanted to as long as i had the money to so that's when i really started going online like i said man i was buying all of the (laughs) all of the the southern and texas albums that i could and like i said i kind of i owe it to my stepbrother man he put me onto that whole scene and it it was kind of cool because also in texas um you kind of got to look at kind of what everybody down there listened to and it wasn't just texas music like texas also being close to california um being a little bit closer to uh, i don't say close to the midwest but the, the scene was just different down there like people up here you know i don't maryland's technically a southern state i guess because we're below the mason dixon line i feel like we're more of an east coast state but whatever that's up to the beat for another day but <laughs> um like, up on the East Coast, man, I remember, like, pre-me visiting Texas, like, you know, I listened to, like, Wu-Tang, Big L, Big Pun, you know, obviously the major dudes from the West, Snoop, um, you know, Dr. Dre, Nate Dogg, all that. Um, but in the South, man, like, they listened, it was a lot of Southern, but also a lot of Midwest dudes. So, like, my stepbrother also put me on the groups like Do or Die. I had never heard of them before I went down there. Um, I want to say he. I think he put me on a Twister too. I can't remember if I knew who Twister was before. Um, I I went down there. But like yeah, groups like Do or Die, Twister. Um, I eventually started uh, looking up rap a lot because I knew Rap a Lot was pretty much. I was one of the biggest labels that housed a lot of Texas artists. That was who Zero was signed to. That was who Devin the Dude was signed to. Um, everybody knows Jay Prince, man. Jay Prince is like. It's like like a southern mogul He's like the the southern. I don't know. He the whatever like Diddy and and um nah, like Diddy and Suge J Prince was that of the south. Like he was that dude in terms of like record label owner slash businessman slash don't mess with him or you might end up missing somewhere. <laughs> like so I started listening to a lot of the rap a lot dudes. Um, it also put me onto a few West Coast artists. I think that's how I started listening to Yuckmouth, uh, way back then. But yeah man, like I, I just started getting my hands on On any of the underground music that I could And it was just dope because I was pretty much like the only person I knew in Maryland Who was listening to this And I put I put some of my friends on from what I could Although, you know, some of them weren't fans It, it wasn't for them But I remember uh, I had a friend in high school Who didn't like Mike Jones around when he blew up um, So I, I I let him borrow my uh, mixtape massage CD from Millionaire. he loved it Because he didn't like Mike Jones So he got a chance to hear cam just rip into mike (laughs) you know it you know just just endlessly on that album but like i said man I, i was fans of all of these dudes and then i remember when um one day i look on bt and i see mike jones slim thug and paul wall And I see the Still Tipping video. And I'm like, oh snap, these dudes made it. Like, like they got big, they hit the national stage. And it was just, and it was, I wasn't even like the biggest Mike Jones fan, but I ended up buying the album anyway. It was just like, it was just cool to see because I'd known all those guys before, man. I I saw, I was there listening to all the mixtapes and work that they used to put out before they blew up. So when they finally made it, it was, it was just kind of dope to see. And yeah, like I said, man, um, and actually a, a quick note about still tipping. I don't think people know, um, there's another version of still tipping that, um, it was on a few CDs, actually. Uh, there was a switch House compilation. I think that was called uh, the day hell broke loose. Um, let me, let me make sure I'm not lying to you guys. I'm pretty sure that's what it was called. Oh, no, 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 no. Was it a Rap-A-Lot compilation? Th- there was a there was a, there's another version of Still Tipping. It's I know it's on Canadian as a mixtape massage, so on the third disc. Um, but it, it was also on another uh, compilation, and I had the CD. Actually, I have the CD somewhere in here, but I'm not gonna take the time to to look for it. But uh, there's another version of Still Tipping that has um, okay, it's called The Day After Hell Broke Loose. Yeah, this is a, a Rap-A-Lot uh compilation. So yeah, there was another version of uh, "Still Tippin" uh, that had Chameleon Air on it, and Camillia bodied <laughs> he bodied that version. But uh, to Mike Jones's credit, uh, the "Still Tippin" the album version that was on his album, that beat is so much better, in my opinion, than what the other one was. But um, nah, man, it was it was dope seeing those dudes kind of blow up. So Mike Jones blew up, Paul Wall blew up. Thug blows up, he comes out with already Platinum, he's doing his thing um, and Paul Wall Had um, the People's Champ um, So he came out, he's doing his thing He's doing songs with uh, He was on the Drive Slow joint with Kanye So it was kind of crazy to just see All these dudes man Like blow up and it, it was Kind of bittersweet because A lot of the dudes from that era They blew up but not all of them, unfortunately, were able to stick around. Like you, like I said, Lil Flip was kind of like the very first of that crop, and I mean, he, he had a nice little run, man. He had, um, what was it the, the Leprechaun album? Um, then he had, yeah, it was uh the Leprechaun uh, Underground Legend. Underground Legend is probably the one most people would know him from. That was the one that had the Way We Ball and all that on there. So. He um he kind of blew up off that and then he ended up doing songs with like David Banner yeah you know he had his run going then he had you gotta feel me um, and I feel like kind of after that he kind of somewhat fell off and then he he had the beef with Ti which oof I mean don't don't get me wrong uh, I love my Texas artist Ti <laughs> Ti <T-T-T-I. laughs> gave him that work but that was kind of a a big moment too though um. Yeah, man, him and him and Ti, that was, that was... <laughs> bruh, Ti, that that ninety nine problems joint, Woof. Woof. my god, <laughs> but um, like you know, Flip had his run, and then in ter- at least in terms of the mainstream, he kind of fizzled out. I think he does still put out music. I have seen him recently, still putting out freestyle videos. Um, so I think he does still put out music, but obviously, you know, he's not his. As big as he used to be. Um, obviously, like I said, Mike Jones, he blew up. Um, his run didn't last too long. Um, he was like, well, he had a little, a little run. Uh, Paul Wall, like I said, he, he blew up. Um, he still does put out music. He's, he's still involved. Um, to some of the, the joints off of Slab God, I think that came out 2016 or 15. Can't remember. Um, I still jam some of those. So Paul Wall still puts out music. Um, uh, who, who else was I going to mention? Um, but, yeah, there, there were also guys, unfortunately, who who didn't blow. Um, dudes, like, kind of like Zero. He was one of those guys who I was hoping would kind of get national notoriety. But I felt like he just never got as big as he did. Um, I would say Trey, um, I guess now he goes by Trey the Truth. He he definitely well, I ain't gonna say he blew up, but he's gotten a lot more notoriety. Like I see his name a lot more around. So it was kinda see uh kinda cool to see him uh get some more recognition. I see him work, working with a lot of uh bigger artists now. Because um, I remember listening to Trey, I had the Gorilla Ride Rod CD. And that came out like two thousand or like ninety nine or something like that. But um I ML mean, it was cool to kinda see him blow up. He he's gotten a lot more recognition now. Um he also had a beef with Mike Jones. For people who don't know, actually punched Mike Jones in the face. <laughs> that video might still be on the internet somewhere. Um, but yeah, so like I said, a lot of dudes from that era. Some of them blew up, it out. Some are still around. Um, unfortunately, not everybody made it, man. I, I I remember DSR from Dallas got. I think they got signed to Universal. Um, Tom Tom did put i think i'm pretty tom tom got signed to you know they got signed to universal i don't think dsr ever even put out an album under universal i know tom tom had that joint called caprice music but i don't he kind of fills it out after that too and i don't know if he's still around um so yeah, he had a dude from dallas didn't really uh, they didn't really make it or, or stick around too long at least as far as i know um you know, Devin the Dude, he's still out here. He never really blew up, but Devin the Dude's just one of those dudes that he has such a big fan base, and he's pretty consistent that, like, even though he didn't blow up in terms of national notoriety, he still put up, out some pretty popular songs. Um, actually, one of my favorite uh, Andre 3000 versions of all time is on the uh, Devin the Dude song, uh, that What a Job joint with uh, with uh, Devin Snoop and uh, Three Stacks. Um, so, you know, De- Devin, you know, ended up putting out some hits, um, the Boss Hog Outlaws Like I said That was Slim Thug Killer Kaliyon. Not all of them Stayed around um, They, I think they did Put out like A kind of Mainstream album um, Like I said Slim Thug had already Platinum So he had a little run um, And then Cam finally came out Later And he, he was kind of The one I was waiting for Like I said He was like My favorite Out of Texas Pretty much And I remember A lot of people Were waiting for him To drop But a lot of people Don't understand Man like cam wasn't really into playing label politics and he kind of had leverage because he was such a huge artist and he was making a lot of money on his own already so he ended up getting a pretty good deal at universal and i remember coming home one day and um, i think i was watching rap city and it was right before rap city was about to go off and i remember the turn it up video when it started and you saw the military the the lizard chain he used to wear and I got so hyped because I was like, yo, my, my man's finally made it. <laughs> he finally got big. And then obviously, you know, he puts out Sound of Revenge. He puts out Rotten Dirty, which at the time broke, you know, all kinds of streaming records, uh, not streaming records, um ringtone records, because ringtones were, that was what was hot at the time. But um, yeah, man, so it was really dope. I was really happy when Chameleon Air finally blew up. Um, unfortunately, man, his group. Um, I think, I can't remember if they they all had a, They did have somewhat of a falling out um, Like I said, Color Changing Click was uh, Chameleon There, his brother Razak um, 50-50 twin, Young Ro um, And that group kind of went through some changes Because I don't know if Lou Hawk was with them I think he kind of fell off after a while um, Razak was on Sound of Revenge But I feel like he kind of fizzled out after a while And then um, I think I'm, I think Cam and Young Roe had some kind of falling out, and um, it ended up changing it just Camilitary, and that was Cam, Razak, and Fifty Fifty Twin. They actually ended up putting out an album, which uh, I bought. I cop that one too. That joint was was pretty dope. Um, but around that time, the group was going through changes because Cam and Paul Wall, for people who don't didn't know, they had a beef with each other at one point, which is actually pretty personal because I think uh, Cam's brother Razak had got jumped at a club. Um, something like that, so things got, like, actually physical, um, Razak went pretty hard at Paul Wall on that CD too, (laughs) I think that was over, what's, uh, that game beat, uh, that put you on game, um, but yeah, so Camilitary, unfortunately, like, they ended up kind of fizzling out, like, I don't really know what Razak does, um, nowadays, I kind of haven't heard his name in a while, obviously, Paul Wall is doing his own thing, but him and people always ask if him and Camilitary are ever going to get back together, because of, you know, their success of the color changing and click and especially their album Get Your Mind Correct. But I think they've performed together but they haven't really done much music together, so nobody knows if that's gonna happen again. Like I said, Young Rogue kinda had a falling out. Um I saw an interview actually within like the last year or two with uh Fifty Fifty Twin and I I don't know if him and Cameron like Great terms right now, either. And I mean, Cam had a pretty good run. He had Sound of Revenge. Uh, Dude put out a slew of mixtapes, Mixtape Messiah like one through seven. (laughs) He had uh, Ultimate Victory, his second uh, album, which I enjoyed that album. I don't think it commercially did well, Um, but I I thought that album was actually pretty underrated. But um, and Cam also had signed them. I had mentioned the group Third Degree from San Antonio earlier. Um, Cam had signed Lil' Ken Who changed his name to Famous um, He had signed him At one point And Famous was Famous was on a lot of Commandments projects Like he was on Mixtape Masai 2 um, I think he was on pretty much like all the Mixtape Masai's From like 2 up until 7 um, He was also on Ultimate Victory um, He probably was on the best song on there That You Must Be Crazy uh, Him and Cam were going back and forth Barring it up That song was was dope um And I was kind of hoping Famous would have blew up Because he was definitely One of uh, my favorite dudes From Texas also, he, he did put out a project In the underground, I think it was called Money, Power, Fame But he After that, man, he, he kind of Went silent, I'm not really sure what he does nowadays Um So yeah, man, like a lot of those dudes They, they, they had a nice little run going, man And then, you know, eventually You know, they, they kind of had their Time, uh and like i said this wasn't missed the southern takeover but you know snap era came and a lot of those dudes you know i can't say they fell off because a lot of them still do put out music just you know kind of when they're independent doing their own thing but you know they they had their time in the sun and then it kind of came and went like i said mike jones had his moment um also another dude i gotta give a shout out to man uh, magno uh, mike jones and magno uh, had a pro. Oh God, what was that project called? Um, I think it was called First Round Draft Picks. Um, Magno was also one of those dudes out of Texas. He was a, a beast on the mic. Um, he had got signed to Desert Storm. Uh, and this, this was back when everybody wanted to do southern versions of their labels. Remember, like Diddy had like Bad, bad Boy South. He signed Eight Ball and MJG. Uh, Desert Storm had Desert Storm South, and that's what Magno was supposed to have been signed to. Um, but. I don't think really much material materialated from that um and I think I think Magno and Mike Jones I can't remember if they had a beef I think they had a beef at one point too but um first round draft picks was a dope CD uh day to day grinding with him yo (laughs) once again man Cam is a beast day to day grinding uh our first round draft picks was definitely a jam um Cam Cam killed that Magno killed that um but yeah man so like I said, a lot of these dudes, man, they they kinda came and went, but I just I really appreciated being able to see this whole crop of artists and see my home state just like I just I got a chance to see a different side of music that I didn't know existed and just a lot of those old songs, like I said, I just I just have fond memories of like I said, riding around my stepbrother blasting a lot of these mixtapes and when I put these albums on, man, it just it takes me back. And I, I put these albums on. It, it just puts me in a good mood because I just I, I just kind of remember I remember those days and like where I was when I heard a lot of these albums. And I just kind of remember how times were just different back then. So just every now and then, man, I just go back and I, I listen to some of these these old albums, these old mixtapes. Yeah, um, man, it, it just puts me in a good mood. And I I still get happy when. I see these dudes now and a lot of them are even if they're not doing music they're still successful um millionaires out here doing the whole venture capitalist thing um really big into tech which isn't a surprise because like i said he was one of the first dudes who i really saw utilized the internet like that so not surprising that he's pretty much into tech he's making money doing that um, i know paul wall has a lot of business ventures that he does still um and another dude real quick i gotta give a shout out and I wish I would have reviewed this album and shout outs to FIFO from uh, Dead and Hip Hop. He kind of reminded me um, about this album. But uh, Killer Colleon, who was a part of Boss Hog Outlaws along with Slim Thug and, and Company, um, he recently he put out an album last year called um, uh, Lorraine Motel. And Killer Colleon was one of those dudes who I didn't really listen to a lot of his albums back in the day. But, of course, I heard some Ball Talk Outlaws mixtapes, which he was a part of, and a lot of his freestyles, and he was easily one of the best lyricists, um, probably pretty much, like, in all of Texas, and he was one of those dudes who, every now and again, I would go check up on, and I remember, I feel like there was a brief period where, like, I just hadn't heard of him, and I was like, man, did, did he fall off, too? And then, um, he popped back up one day, he did a freestyle over um, the Biggie um, joint, uh, the Hushacha and this was my first time seeing him in like a couple of years i remember like dude had lost a lot of weight and but dude he was spitting man and i was like oh snap he's back and like he would just drop these freestyles every now and again and I remember he put back um at uh candy paint and texas plates uh part one and two so i had those and then you know he, he recently pulled out this Lorraine motel album last year and it was kind of dope to see his progression as an artist because he like a lot of the texas dudes man on on a lot of that, that punchline rap, um, not, you know, nothing that'll make you really think, you know, a lot of punchlines, a lot of, you know, rapping about typical rapper stuff, and then he comes out with this Lorraine Motel album last year, and it's it's very socially conscious, a lot of topics, you know, dealing with racism, and the state of black America, so on and so forth, so it's been really dope to see his progression, um, and watching a lot of his interviews, and just kind of seeing how he's grown as an artist, and as a person, so, um, that's definitely an album I would recommend um, to you guys out there. If you want to hear, definitely, like, a, a, a lyricist. And it's not, like, a preachy album. If you like, like, street rap, but you wanted to be with some content, he's definitely somebody, I, I would say, to to give a listen. Um, so so shout-outs to him, man. It, it, was, it was really dope to see him still putting out music, still, you know, still keeping himself relevant. And I think, actually, him and Slip Thug did a collab mixtape last year. Slim Thug's still out here putting out music too, so yeah man, it's just really dope to see people from that era that scene, you know, some of them still still are out here to this day, still being relevant, whether it be in music or whatever, you know, personal endeavors, you know, business wise or whatever that they got going on. So yeah, man, I just I really wanted to just give a shout out to the Texas hip hop scene as a whole, from like I said, from Houston, man, to to Dallas to uh, Austin, which unfortunately I didn't get into, man. Shout outs to Bobby Blake from Austin. Um, yeah, man, that, that whole scene, man, I, I just I hold a lot of fond memories. Those were some of like the best years of my life. Um, and that music ended up being <laughs> like the soundtrack to kind of that portion of my life, and it stayed with me even to this day to an adult. Um, <laughs> shout, shout outs also, quick mention. Uh, it was a YouTuber, or maybe it was Vine, I don't remember, but, uh, 39 Cents TV. um, he, he, used to put out the, the Houston Freestyle videos, and those joints are so on point, man, like, <laughs> if you just go to YouTube and type in 39Cents, uh, Houston Rappers, you can find the compilation of videos of him doing his impression of what the Houston Freestyle tapes used to sound like, and to be honest, they're, they're, they're pretty accurate, so, if you if you want to get a sense for what a lot of these tapes used to sound like, um Yeah man, just give that a listen. But um yeah, I just want to give the shout out because his videos make me laugh so hard. But <laughs> yeah man, the, the whole Texas scene, man, like I said, from Houston to Dallas to to Austin to San Antonio, you know, all the legends, man, your your little Kiki's, your screwed up clicks, your your DJ screws, Scarface, UGK. To that next crop, man. Your Air, color changing click, DSR, um, Trey, Houston, uh, Trey Zero, Devin the Dude, all all those dudes, man. Freestyle kings, uh, all all those dudes, man. Really, just just fond memories, good memories uh, of those times. And probably what I'm I'm gonna do, um, I'm gonna leave some a lot of links in the description below just to give you guys a feel for some of the songs that i used to listen to and things like that and for people who used to who are familiar with texas hip-hop scene it's probably just be a refresher course for you um but for those who are not familiar with the scene or you know just you know you you might not have been privy to what was going on in the south during that time um you know maybe i'll put you on to something like i said it might not be for everybody but you know for for people who are a fan of that scene from that era you know this would be a nice trip down memory lane so i'm gonna, I'm gonna try to leave some links in the description to just a lot of the freestyles i used to listen to some of the artists some of the songs and you know you guys can definitely go check out the albums and you know give them a listen and i I guess really at the end of the day to, to wrap this all up in a bow um support your local scenes like a lot of dope music could be coming right from your backyard and you might not know it and that was kind of how the south as a whole especially texas was able to sustain the run that they had because they had a lot of support in their home cities you could hear some of their freestyles literally on radio stations like and i never heard that in any other state where like literally a rapper's freestyle would be played in regular rotation (laughs) on a texas radio station so man, support your local artist man you know support these dudes before they blow up you can be a part of helping them blow up and you know get famous end up on you know tv all that good stuff but yeah man i just wanted to reminisce take that trip down memory lane man and and really just pay pay respects to the home state and all all of the rappers from past to present uh you know from Texas who you know continue to hold the mantle continue to hold it down continue to to rep that culture and, yeah, man, I, I just, I really appreciate it. I think Houston, really Texas as a whole, definitely ended up influencing hip-hop. Um, people definitely started taking slang, and obviously Lean became a big deal. Not all positive influence, but, you know, <laughs> they, they they left their mark, uh, I, I think, on, on the hip-hop world. And I, I was just glad to kind of be, like, a part of that, or at least, like, just witness it before it blew up and then getting a chance to see what it looked like when they finally did you know have their time and all that but yeah man that's pretty much all i just just wanted to take that that trip hopefully you know like i said if you guys were fans from that area hopefully this is a nice episode for you to just reminisce maybe you'll go back listen to some old tapes people who weren't fans maybe i'll put you on or something i'll leave some links down below so you guys can check it out but yeah man shout out to texas home state Love it, man. Like, you know, not, nothing else like it. But that's pretty much it for today's episode. Appreciate you guys for rocking with me. As always, the podcast can be listened to on YouTube, SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes. If you're on iTunes, rate and subscribe on iTunes. Uh, if you want to hit us up on Facebook, you can uh, go look at the Dojo Talk Facebook page. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at serial Sensei on Twitter. So you can give me a lookout on there yeah man that's pretty much it more content coming fights coming up so uh hopefully we'll have an episode dropping uh, soon to cover the cards that are happening and hopefully i'll be able to review some more albums soon so yeah man that's pretty much it it's been another edition of the dojo talk podcast thank you guys for listening and hopefully i will catch you guys soon peace